Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Every episode of Star Trek is great and everyone loves them, right? <laughs> so I'm Sean for Trek Culture and here are 10 Star Trek episodes that the actors regret. 10 Profit and Lace, Armin Jimmerman. Profit and Lace is the sixth season episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine that sees Quark undergo gender reassignment surgery. Directed by Alexander Siddig, the story began life as a serious exploration of the son coming to understand the mother. However, during production on the episode, the producers pushed for a funnier tone. The result is a badly presented parody of cross-dressing and gender dysphoria, which was antithetical to the initial pitch. Armin Jimmerman expressed regret at the way the episode ended up, citing the heart attack scene in particular. When they first filmed it, he and Cecily Adams, who played Ishka, did it straight. They fight, they cuss each other out, and then Ishka collapses because of her heart. Quark then goes into panic mode. As presented in the episode, it's a sillier escalation that robs the scene of any tension. This scene is analogous to the episode as a whole. Jimmerman regretted it, Alexander Siddig regretted it, and Ira Stephen Bear would come to regard it as the episode that killed the chance for any future Ferengi-centric stories going forward. 9. Extinction. LeVar Burton. This is technically a cheat, as LeVar Burton didn't appear in front of the camera in this episode. Rather, he appeared behind it, directing it. In the years that have passed, he has openly stated that he was ashamed of being associated with this chapter of Enterprise. The plot follows a vaguely similar structure to Burton's own episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Identity Crisis. In both installments, members of the crew are infected with a virus that regresses them to become something other than human. The thing about Extinction, however, is just how ridiculous everything comes across as. The episode arrived in Enterprise's third season, when the show was generally beginning to pick up speed thanks to the Zindi arc. There is a message in the episode about ethnic cleansing and genocide, yet this is lost in the bafflingly awful execution of the storyline. To be very fair, Scott Bakula and Linda Park give it their all as they act the part of the infected, yet that really is the nicest thing that could be said about it. 8. These are the voyages, most of the main cast. The final episode of Star Trek Enterprise depicted the crew that audiences had been following for four years as holograms, with Riker interacting with them throughout the episode. It was designed by Brannon Braga as a valentine to Star Trek in general and was panned by critics and cast alike. In the years that passed, Braga began to apologise profusely for it. He believed that the episode was a narcissistic attempt to make a tribute to all of Trek, but failed. He said that in all of the time at Enterprise, this episode was the only one that caused Scott Bakula to get pissed off at him. Jolene Blaylock described it as simply awful, while guest star Jonathan Frakes bluntly said that it stinks. Although some of the featured actors, 
such as Dominic Keating, John Billingsley and Marina Sirtis took a softer approach, it's fair to say that as the last episode of the show overall, it was a misjudged endeavour. Many of the crew consider the preceding episodes, Terra Firma and Demons, to be the actual finale to Enterprise. Oh, and that entire scene with Trip? Dream sequence. Prove us wrong. 7. Spock's Brain. Leonard Nimoy. While the episode is a milestone in the franchise's history for just how bad it is, Spock's Brain is also firmly in the so-bad-it's-good camp. The episode was made with the slashed production budgets of the third season, serving almost as an insult to the fans who campaigned to keep the show on the air. Leonard Nimoy is, of course, front and centre in this installment, and related in his autobiography that he felt embarrassed for almost the entire shoot. Though it was a feeling that would come back several times in the third season, Spock's brain bore the brunt of the criticism here. It's not simply that it's a bad episode, though that's without question. The episode seems dumb. Vulcan physiology allows them to exist without a brain for 24 hours, which is a pretty marvellous attribute for any species, really. Yet, it had never been mentioned before, and would never be mentioned again. So clearly it was made up on the fly. The story does give McCoy a few chances to have a bit of fun that is really stretching things. Nimoy's review may have just been the kindest thing to be written about Spock's brain in its entire history. 6. The Last Outpost Armin Jimmerman The Ferengi were supposed to be the big villains of Star Trek The Next Generation in its first season, eventually rising to the same infamy as the Romulans and the Klingons. While they certainly became infamous, it wasn't for the reasons the writers intended, and for that, Armin Shimmerman again makes an appearance on this list. He was one of the very first members of this race to appear on screen, and considering he would go on to define what it meant to be a Ferengi, he feels responsible for the early failures with them. The Last Outpost depicts them as something akin to jackals on speed, barking and hissing, generally being a nuisance. Shimmerman had an impossible task, make this character description intimidating. Even the blue energy pulsating whips that they used weren't enough to make the audience take them seriously. Taking on the role of Quark in Deep Space Nine was Shimmerman's attempt to course correct the damage that had been done to the Ferengi overall, giving the character everything he had to make sure no one would ever think of those hyped up idiots from the last outpost again. 5. Assignment Earth Terry Gar. Terry Gar appeared in the final episode of Star Trek's second season, Assignment Earth. The story had been created to serve as a backdoor pilot to a spin-off series. This proposed series would follow Gary Seven and his exploits, yet it never took off. This episode credits Gene Roddenberry as a producer rather than an executive producer, and he was incredibly hands-on in this installment. Though this was ostensibly to ensure that it was the best that it could be, to ensure it got a series order, it did involve him getting in everyone's way. Gar was particularly annoyed with him as he continually insisted that her skirt be shortened to make it more revealing. Not only did this upset the actress, but the costume designer William Werthice quickly lost patience with Ronbury as well. It all combined to make the set a dismal place to be. In the years since the episode's release, Terry Gar refuses to talk about Star Trek at all. She's incredibly derisive of her experiences, balancing never talking about it with making sure any interviewer knows how little her opinion of it is. 4. Move Along Home Avery Brooks Move Along Home has become a running joke in the Star Trek fan community for its silly themes and that song. Once those lyrics get into your head, there's usually no chance at salvation. However, that's not the part that makes Avery Brooks cringe in this episode. He said before that, despite the silly tone, he could excuse the song and the basic plot. For him, the deal breaker was making the main cast play a game of hopscotch through a corridor on their way to escape. Deep Space Nine was still in its first season, with this episode being in the first half of the episodes. Similar to the issues that face the naked now in The Next Generation, the audience hadn't had the time to get to know the crew before they were being asked to see them in this ridiculous situation. To be fair, while the episode still contains moments that are akin to having one's teeth drilled, it has aged, with the aid of nostalgia, a little better than many of the other entries on this list. Just don't ask Brooks to sing the tune of Alan Moraine anytime soon. Da, 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 da. 
Three, The Killing Game, Robert Beltran. The Killing Game was the two-part episode from Star Trek Voyager's fourth season that saw the ship overrun by the Herogen. The crew were forced to enact holographic simulations of brutal conflicts from history again and again, all for the enjoyment of the hunters. Naturally, World War II quickly caught the Herogen's eyes and a recreation of a French town in the grips of Nazi oppression followed. Robert Beltran hated the episodes, believing first that they were offensive to German fans of the show. The Nazis were an easy villain to portray, yet every single German character was portrayed as evil, with no attempt to show any double agents or spies, for example. Leading on from this, he felt that the episodes were not well written. Writer and producer Joe Minoski acknowledged that it had been a long gestating idea that changed form several times, though the idea of putting the crew in a World War II scenario was one of his first pitches to the series. Despite Beltran's feelings on the episodes, its success in being aired on a single night led to the creation of Dark Frontier, which was always intended to be a TV movie. Two, up the long ladder, Colomini and Sean Ferrick. Filming this episode was not an easy task for Colomini. Up the Long Ladder was a second season entry in Star Trek The Next Generation, and to say that it misfires on almost every front doesn't do it justice. The depiction of Irish characters goes way beyond stereotype here, instead opting for an openly racist and degrading option. Meany was far from the starring role that he would receive on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, serving instead as a day player still. That meant that speaking up and opining on the direction the episode was taking really wasn't much of an option at the time. He was none too pleased on set, something he has not elaborated on in the years since. Was, however, in a better position when If Wishes Were Horses came along, which originally featured a storyline focused on his Irishness in a condescending manner. This was swiftly changed. Up the Long Ladder was panned. It's no code of honour, yet arguably Shades of Grey is a stronger entry. It also received hate mail, though it had nothing to do with the racism. Instead, the line in which Riker states he has the right to control his own body became a target for the right to life movement in the US, resulting in screenwriter Melinda M. Snodgrass getting a lot of hate mail. One, code of honour, everyone. I mean, really, was there ever a question of what number one on this list was going to be? Code of Honor is the infamous early episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that is frequently voted one of the worst episodes of the entire franchise. Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner have both gone on the record with how much they hated the episode, citing it as a racist piece of sh**. Rod Roddenberry feels that the episode isn't quite as bad as the reception would have people believe, yet it's the depiction of every member of the Lagonians that crushes any argument against the inherent racism on show. Although they are on the one hand technologically advanced enough to have contact with the Federation, they are backward enough as a society that a rigid gender stereotype exists. Catherine Powers wrote the script and would later write the script for Emancipation, an episode of Stargate SG-1 that follows almost exactly the same plot. Both episodes were widely panned by the cast and crews as well. Actor Garrett Wang, although he didn't appear in the episode, cites watching this as the reason he got the role of Harry Kim on Star Trek Voyager. After watching Code of Honor, he was no longer too nervous to audition. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.